0: welcome to So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you are trying to evaluate whether real estate is the right career for you, wondering whether you're doing the right things to launch into quick success, or looking for tips and tools you can use today to become a more productive agent, this is your podcast. Welcome. I'm Meredith Fogel here with my co-host, Valerie Harnois. Valerie, welcome. So welcome to episode three of So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. Thank you for joining us. In episode two, we gave you an overview of what your first 90 days in real estate should look like, and this episode is going to be like a deeper dive into those first 90 days to give you a really specific idea about your next steps and to help you further evaluate whether real estate is really the right career path for you. And of course, we'll give you some more tips and help you launch into quick success, so that if you do decide to pursue real estate as a career... Um, you will be ready to go. So today we're going to be exploring the most critical tasks for you to undertake in those first 90 days to help you ensure long-term success. And we'll have stories, of course. Yes. Yep, so we good always... ones and funny ones. Right. Good ones and funny ones. Some some insider stories. Some people yes. might recognize who are listening. We some know. we cannot share. That's true. <laughs> some we have to keep to ourselves. Um, but let's get right into it. Okay, so you have taken and passed your pre-licensing course, you've taken your state's licensing exam, and now before DLLR will let you practice real estate, first thing you have to do is affiliate with a brokerage. So how do you find the brokerage that's right for you? There are a bunch of different models. So right. Valerie, tell me, tell me if I'm forgetting any of them. Actually, but... I did it reverse. I first, I thought I liked real
1: estate, but after speaking to a lot of people, and I, you know how I always say, real estate is not about houses really. Right, yeah. Everybody thinks it's just about houses and decorating and how fun that is. And it's really more the contract, the laws, keeping people, you know, Mm -hmm. focused. So I literally interviewed with my broker first, kind of my, I guess my, the broker I thought I wanted because he was more of a teaching broker. And then immediately she was like, yes, you have the personality for it. So that really gave me a sense of like, okay, I'm in the right path.
0: So so I did that first. So when you say first, during, like, while you were taking the course? Before before I took even the course. I just went
1: and interviewed, and I'm like, what's your business? Because I was coming from sales, but not real estate sales.
0: So I oh, okay a, yeah a interesting big ranch, yeah. oh I didn't know that okay yeah. so so that's interesting so you mentioned that it was a good training you would have, they had good training it was a good training brokerage so there are a bunch of different like models of brokerages there is that traditional model which I think is where you ended up to begin with which right. is usually you know a relatively large sometimes national or at least regional brokerage and they have group training often for new agents and sometimes they have uh, more experienced agent training as well but. Often it's more limited. It's kind of like a good, you know, kind of training ground for new agents. Um, And often at those brokerages, you have a relatively large split with that brokerage that can progress as you become more productive but often resets at the beginning of each year which is something
1: I didn't know there's like the Harvard of appropriateness <laughs> you know what I mean something like Remax when you're already a top agent yeah yeah and then there's the beginner kind of like maybe going to prep school right so that right, was kind of interesting right I, mean, I don't think you should start in Harvard it's too hard but yeah and that's, it's a, that's
0: exactly and that's a really good point because you've got what I call those independent brokerages like the Remax that you just mentioned, right. which are attractive mostly to the experienced agents. They offer little or no training. Often there's really little or no brokerage support. Right. even, um, And they have a really a competitive, attractive split. But often you're also paying a hefty desk fee just to hang your license there. So for agents who don't have predictable income yet, you know, if you've got a bad month and oh, you've got exactly. to shell yeah. out $1,000 a month to your brokerage, suddenly that doesn't look as, as viable to you. Right. So that's kind of like the other end of the spectrum. Um, and that brokerage model, and, and we were there for a little while, right. is also less attractive, I think, to people who want the support of a brokerage or the ability right. to to grow a team. If you're like your, your single individual agent and you're like, hands off, don't, don't micromanage me, don't manage right. me at all, that might be a good place to be. Then you've got what we call the tech-first brokerages. So there are a couple of tech-first Models that exist and have come onto the scene um, recently and more will continue oh, to bubble up, I think, like the new right. ones. Yeah. So there's one that is, I call it like the piecemeal model where um, one person shows the houses, one person writes the contract, oh, yes. one person goes yeah. to the closing, one person goes to the walkthrough. And often the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. Um, certainly they don't teach agents to operate like normal agents do or like successful agents do. And in fact, that brokerage recently laid off half of its agent staff because they also... We're giving benefits and you know doing things that just didn't make sense for their model. Right. I think their compensation system is very complicated. Very also, complicated. Right? Yes. Yes. I always say it's kind of like working at a restaurant where like you know one oh, person. That's right. Muscle yes, the waitress, they're splitting the tips. Says, yes, yep. Yes, yes. At the end of the day, you split all the tips. Yep. Which
1: I think working
0: independently,
1: I like that. um, In charge of my own destiny. Yes. You know I mean? Like yes. you do well, you.
0: Yeah, well yourself, yeah. You know? yeah. exactly. And then the really heavy tech brokerages, which I think attract people with kind of the bright, shiny, here's all the new stuff we can give you. Here's the photographs. Here's the sign that lights up. Here's the this and that. And again, agents don't realize, one, it's costing them money. And two, it's, that's not what you need to succeed in real estate. Um, and one really good example is a, a large brokerage that came onto the scene relatively recently that has now delayed its initial public offering because they are not doing financially what they projected that they would do because they've lost agent count. Um, and then we have the boutique brokerages. So we are at a brokerage that we consider a boutique brokerage. It's called Line Properties. We're a Maryland-only company. And we pride ourselves on a few things. One is really customer and client-centric centric service. One is exceptional knowledge of our local real estate market. Um, we really only invite and attract agents that we think are going to fit well with our culture and are going to um, you know, be part of our culture of success.
1: But do you think we evolved into this?
0: Like we had to go through yes. all those
1: oh. to realize that this is the best 100%, kind of thing. hundred percent.
0: hundred percent. I feel yeah. like you didn't go through
1: those, we wouldn't.
0: hundred yeah. percent. And that's the other thing is, you know, I learned so much through all of that yeah. with the training. What the training that we really needed was right. to give to our agents in order for them to succeed. So we, I think the training we offer is, you know, hands down the most exceptional training in any brokerage. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to like see if we could tell our story a little bit about... How you found your first brokerage? What made you decide on that brokerage? How many how many brokerages did you actually interview with? Do you remember? Well, sadly, I think
1: I only did the one. Oh, did Which you? Is, okay, I just moved to the area, and Lumen Foster was at that time. Dominating the market, okay. So I'm like, and they were known for basically their education. So they actually offer the course, and then you stay for what do they call them, superstars or something? Oh yes, binder. Yeah, it's funny. You you have no clients. You feel like you're moving forward (laughs) and learning. Mm-hmm. And they had teaching. I mean, I love the teachers at example so it wasn't boring or online. Yeah. So I only did one and then once I got my license and I was there, I think you were at KW and you called me. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So I actually interviewed with someone else, but you okay. called me and I only clicked with you. <laughs> well, I think that's a good point, is that you want yes. to click with your broker. So that was when I chose my first brokerage, that was one of my major factors. I went and I interviewed and I interviewed with like five different brokerages, maybe locally, from little brokerages to really big brokerages. And I just clipped with the office manager there. I just thought, like, you know, she had the warm fuzzy. She was saying all the things I wanted to hear. And she just seemed like a genuinely, authentically nice human being. Right. Um, really good energy. So that helped me. The other factors I used were that the training was really good. I felt like I was going to get the training I needed as a new agent. Um, and geographically it was really close to my house and that turned out to be very important for a couple reasons. One was I didn't realize how often I'd be popping in and out of the office to do like administrative things or to be meeting with clients or whatever. And two, my clients, the fact that they saw that my office was right in the heart of where they were looking to buy or sell made a huge difference and continues to. So geography, when you're selecting a brokerage is also extremely important. I think we've been no more than what within like a mile and a half radius of right. our center of our core oh, of business, like yes. ever as in a brokerage. Yeah. So once you choose your brokerage, then it's time to really launch your career. So, what you want to do first, of course, is let everybody that you know know that you have officially hung your license with a brokerage, make a huge splash on social media. If your brokerage does a press release announcing your affiliation, that's super cool and you should, you know, put that all over social media and then, you know, you want to let everybody in your sphere of influence, the people closest to you who are going to be your biggest cheerleaders, know that you have officially launched and now it's time to send you everybody they know. Do you remember how you did it when you affiliated? Well, I
1: remember it's like silly little things, but when I had my pictures taken, I had people like, hey, which one do you like? Like... Just
0: kind so of smart.
1: a soft kind of you know.
0: yeah that this is about, to and happen. some buy-in too. You're getting from people; they feel like they're part of exactly. your beginning. Exactly. And
1: then it's funny because I had been in sales for ten years, then I stopped, and I had ten years at home. So literally dressing like an agent again, or like a professional, mm. that was like big. Like I would again. I always go back to the picking up at school. Yes. Dressed up like even if I didn't have anything, mm. I was dressed up to work. I feel like if you're ready for it things happen yes kind of set something in motion like a body in motion stays in motion yes. so even that that people are like oh where are you going even if I had to pick up a lockbox that you had left out I'm like I'm gonna go to my house you yeah know? yeah so that is weird it was like I like you know me um you guys know us Meredith is type a I'm b minus <laughs> so I do everything more kind of I don't know casual but it works yeah. for me And same thing, like, I like casually, as opposed to the formal announcement, Mm -hmm. I kind of like to do my organic thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. The other thing I thought was a really cool idea that I've seen some new agents do um, is to do a launch party, a career launch party, and they, like, get a bunch of little tchotchkes that are real estate, you know, oriented, whatever kind of speaks to their personality they give them out. They invite people to come have drinks. And again, it's like a celebration. And then people feel connected to your success because you're inviting them in to be part of it. And like Maybe like you passed your license happy hour. Or yeah. Or yeah, whatever yeah. feels like it's right for you. Right. Just to kind of, again, to get your circle excited about helping you grow your business and achieve success. It's thing
1: because it's an easy thing to get. People are like, oh, you're getting your license. Yeah. Like, right. Like, like it's not a big deal. I right. I mean, it is actually a lot of work. Right. You have to it the test it's a lot of studying yes so
0: yeah well and i think too the people that are your cheerleaders at the beginning every time you announce a success that you have they right. continue to be your cheerleaders and then your fan base kind of grows as those people network out to other people so right. that's such a good way to to get people excited mm-hmm. um now it's time to shift your focus to real estate so how do you do this First, I think you really need to steep yourself in real estate knowledge every day for as much of the day as you can. And I don't mean watching HGTV. In fact, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I mean, I can't even watch it. I can watch a couple of things, but my day is so full of real estate. Like the last thing I want to do when I go right. home is watch another show about real estate. The only thing I'm watching right now is Renovation Island, which I think is really kind of fun. <gasps> oh my God, that. I love that show. I know, it's kind of cool. Even though it gives me anxiety, but... <laughs> I do like it, <laughs> but you know what I mean. So yes. there is a psychological phenomenon called the bader meinhoff phenomenon, where something you recently learned suddenly starts to appear like all around you. Okay, or something that you bought, for example. You know, when you buy a car, right. and then you see the car everywhere, oh, yeah, 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 and you are like, I yeah, never yeah. noticed this car so many places before. So how are
1: you applying that to?
0: This? So well, let me tell you. But. So it's it's also called frequency bias. Okay. So the idea is that when you. Um, Focus on something. It begins to expand in your life, and you know how you said you kind of you get dressed, you go out there. It's kind of like putting that energy out there. Right. So, the, emotion stays in, right? yeah, exactly, yes. and it also like the law of attraction, right? So you go out there confident and ready good things start to happen. Things start to come to you. The other thing that happens is that real estate begins to take up a larger and larger amount of your int- your attention and focus every single day. You'll notice like your ears start to perk up when somebody starts to talk about real estate and sometimes you're like, oh, should I jump into that conversation? <laughs> should I not? Uh, but people start to approach you and ask you about real estate too. It's, it's really interesting how that kind of, th- of a phenomenon can help you. And it also helps you stay really attuned to the real estate market So that once you have the opportunity to talk about real estate, you sound like an expert because you've gone through your morning figuring out what's happening with your local real estate market, doing some research, reading a relevant real estate article, looking at what the interest rates are doing. So you're not speaking in generalities when people approach you with a topic of real estate. You're ready to give them real information and then you look like the expert and they know they can be confident sending business to you um any other thoughts on that I mean who- no it's true at any party I guess you know people look
1: at you and see real estate when at any party mm-hmm. it happens to you as well like, yeah hey you sold 477 to Bailey, or like they know more about and like so you're right I try I send myself yeah all the listings and then I have another one that is under contract yeah so even though it's not our listing yeah I know what's happening because yes. you're right. People almost don't want to look into it themselves. They're right. like, hey, what's happening?
0: How much did that go for? Right. You know? T- this morning when so I you was – a cup of wine. It's yeah. so true. This morning when I was picking up the uh, – what was I doing? Oh, and I was dropping off Power of Attorney at 477 in Chifaley, I was coming out, and somebody I see who walks a dog in the neighborhood who I kind of know but don't know real well – She was like, oh, you sold that. That's great. Asking me a bunch of questions. And then she asked me about another one that I recently sold. And thank goodness I knew all the information and could tell her. I knew, of course, all about my listing. But the other one on the other side of the playground, if I hadn't done the research to know, you know, maybe I couldn't have had an intelligent conversation about it. So you're right. Having all that knowledge at the ready is important. Um, and you know, again, it gives you that confidence and that air of like authority when you just go through the day and everybody loves to talk about real estate. So that's one of the things that you'll find because we love talking about real estate. When people start to see you as a real estate agent, they'll come up and they'll go, do you mind talking shop? Do you mind if I ask you? I know you know, I know it's not a work hour if you're, like, at a party. Right. I'm always like, oh, my God, I love talking about real estate, and I do. So does that right. happen to you where people just ask you real estate questions all the time? All the time. Yeah. And I find myself,
1: like, I try to kind of capitalize on that mm-hmm. by getting more of a hook. Mm. Like, if they're asking about something or they love that house, I'm like, oh, that color. What's that pink color? I can give it to you. Like, I'll email you. So they start seeing me as a resource kind of, and literally it's just a way for me to stay in touch as opposed to sending a postcard they're going to throw away. It's more like, Oh, Valerie sent me this or Valerie, you know? So it's yeah. more like, again, they're putting something out. So it comes back. I'm always like trying to be super helpful and I almost don't even want to think like, Ooh, will they ever call me? I just leave it as I did my part yep. doing like planting that seed. Yeah. Let's hope it grows. hundred percent. So,
0: yeah. But, but it totally, yeah. It, and it works. It does pay off. Yeah. Now, when you're new, there are going to be people who have known you through some other aspect of your life, right? So as a different career professional, as a mom, as a coach, as whatever it was that you did before real estate. So one of the things you're going to have to do when you're new in real estate is work hard to change your sphere's perception of you. So one thing, like you said, we can do is to dress professionally so people realize we're doing something different. Um, When I started in real estate, I had recently transitioned from a career in homeowner's insurance, and um, I was in a mom's group with little CJ and his baby carrier, and you know, at the beginning, all the moms were like, it was just a mom's social hour. The kids right. were all asleep in their baby That's carrier. Not, they don't even know their no, right. Um, so it was, you know, one of those things where we were just kind of chatting, and what I started to do was, before I would go to that little play group... I would research the other women's neighborhoods to see what was happening in their neighborhoods, real estate-wise. And I love using the MLS and just doing research anyway, so it was just fun for me to do. So if I saw that something had gone under contract, had come onto the market, had sold, I would go in and be like, oh my gosh, Courtney, did you see what your neighbor's house just went on the market for? Or Debbie, did you see what that just sold for? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, and they'd talk about it because they didn't know. I had insider access to that information that they didn't have yet. So, you know, I did that for a while, not really in a strategic way. It was just like, okay, this is something I can converse about when I came to these groups. But eventually, they started to see me then as a real estate professional and not just a mom. And I knew I had done it when I went in and one of them said to me, hey, do you know what the house down the street for me went under contract for? And we I was like, you're doing "Yay, yeah, I was like, finally, I did it. Right. Um so that was that was really effective, but you are gonna have to work to do that. So not just through social media, but through your personal interactions as well. Did you have anything that you had to do? Yeah, like, like actually,
1: I usually like I went to business school marketing major. so I always try almost to kind of be perceived as legit. Mm-hmm. I always go, well, I was in sales for ten years previous to this. And then it's funny, like I don't need to say what kind of sales that was. I just kind of tie it into like sales is sales. And basically, sales is a relationship business. So, whatever relationship you have, they'll buy anything from you a candle, a house, a car, it <laughs> even less like insurance that you were selling. That's true. So, I kind of try to, it's funny. And when I have my more testy clients, I always bring up like, I went to business school, I'm a marketing major. It probably, I mean, marketing does help me, but. It probably has little to do with what we're really going to do. But in their mind, it's like, oh, my realtor is a business major. So I feel as opposed to me having been a basket weaver. And now I wasn't. <laughs> it gives it. So I have to sell that as far, not in a braggadocious way, but I do kind of use it as Yeah. As, hey, I was in sales, I was in business, I'm qualified, and now I'm going to be in charge of your very important transaction. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that makes total sense. So it does make it kind of a little street
0: cred kind of thing. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good point. Yeah. Um, Now we're going to, like, transition a little bit to differentiators in being a successful agent. So one of the things you want to do is be hungry. And one way to stay hungry is to set goals for yourself at the outset of your career, outset of your career, and on an ongoing basis at least once a year. And ideally, you're going to have an accountability partner of some kind who can help you stay on track and with whom you can check in. That person could be your mentor, could be your team leader, could be your best friend, could be your broker. Even the biggest mega agents have someone to whom they hold themselves accountable. So let's talk for a minute about goal setting. Valerie, how important would you say that goal setting is? Okay, first I want to say, looking about what you just said
1: about stay hungry. Yes, I think you have to stay hungry, but you can't be, you can't look hungry.
0: Mm. You know what I mean?
1: Because then that looks desperate to people. Yes. So it's it's a fine line of being, you know. So anyway, I thought that was funny funny because yeah. yeah. And then okay, what was
0: your question? Oh, how important do you think goal setting
1: is? Oh my god. Okay. It's weird. I'm a visual person. I kind of try to stay away from goal setting. And I've been working with you like 10 years. And you know, I, I hate it. <laughs> I hate doing it because then it gives me like this crazy pressure. So in a weird kind of way, I know in the back of my head what I need to do. Yeah, but I don't want to see it on paper because it stresses me out negatively. Mm-hmm. But I did like when you always had helter skelter ideas. <laughs> And this is one of them, the podcast. Well, I'm having fun. But the visual, I'm a visual person. Mm -hmm. So I have to see something Mm -hmm. or show someone something to sell it. So again, that visual board was crazy. And you made us cut and paste and put it. But to me, that, I have it on my door on the nice. way out every time. I see a Tiffany necklace. I see a beautiful beach in Greece or something. Good. So that, to me, is better than looking at my numbers. Good. But I do have to say, being married to a CPA that does everything on a spreadsheet, <laughs> yep. which you're just like my husband. This is why we get along. That's probably a better thing <laughs> than me, but it's whatever works for you.
0: Well, exactly. And that's such a yeah. good point. It's whatever works for you in yes. technology, in goal setting, in everything. It's what yes. works for that's you. True. So and we are going to explore vision boarding in a future and kind of visualization in general in a future episode. But um, however you set your goals, and I do them in a very structured way. So I have yes. a I have an income goal that I break down, yes. and we're gonna talk about this in depth in a future episode too. I break it down into how many transactions I have to have. And even farther down into how many leads does that mean? How many appointments does that mean? So I really kind of look at a micro level on how I'm staying on track. And for me, that drives me. But if it caused me anxiety, I also wouldn't do it. I thought the vision board was really fun too. I don't look at it that much, but it's there in my office and it's fun to glance at um, every so often. But the point of all this is that setting goals in whatever way works for you Puts your subconscious to work in a way that you would not even believe. So one of the things that I do with new agents, and I learned this at a boot camp that I took when I was a relatively new agent, and it is like a magic bullet to get their subconscious working towards success, is an exercise that I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to do after they finish. I think you have. Let's see. After you finish this podcast. Um, And it is, I think you'll find that it's really transformative. So first, I want you to come up with three major financial goals that you would be able to accomplish or at least work toward if you are as successful as you hope to be in your first year in real estate. Now, the next thing I want, oh, let me tell you first what my um, examples were when I did it. One was buy a bigger house. Two was buy a boat. And three was to save enough money that I didn't have to take out college loans for my kids, who were little, little, little at the time. I actually didn't even have one of the three at the time. Um, Next, I want you to come up with three major life goals that you hope to accomplish or to work toward as you uh, begin your real estate career. So mine were to begin a team. I wanted to do that ever since I started in real estate. To finish the manuscript for my first book, and I wanted to lose these 20 pounds of stubborn baby weight that I could not seem to shed after I had my second child. So, and did you, do you remember, did you do this exercise? I don't think I did. No? Oh my gosh. I have this
1: three and three
0: for sure. Okay. So what you do with those when you come up with it is you write a letter to yourself. Oh yeah, I definitely did. You didn't do, oh okay. man, I wish I had done this. So what you're going to do is you're going to write this letter as though you have already accomplished either working toward or fulfilled some of these goals after a full year in real estate. You write it in the past tense to yourself, basically saying, wow, what a year it's been. I'm so proud that I've accomplished X, Y, and Z. And then you put it in a self-addressed stamped envelope, give it to your accountability partner, and that person will mail it to you a year from when you wrote it. You will be amazed when you open that letter. It's the funniest thing. You get it and you're like, That looks like my handwriting. Right. You're confused. Very confusing, yes. And then you open it, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Because you will not believe. You'll forget about some of those things that you wrote down. But you will not believe how you already worked toward those. So when I opened mine up, I had bought a boat. That's right. I had bought a bigger house. house. I had lost those 20 pounds. I finished my manuscript. I think at that point, you had joined my team. I had a a little budding team going on. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I had begun to put money away for my my kids' college funds. So all of those things had come true, and it was like insane to me the power of just writing those things down. That's so again, goal setting, revisiting, resetting your goals too as you begin to grow is going to be really vital in staying hungry and staying on track and focused throughout your real estate. And another career. thing
1: I fight all the time for the last ten years is the accountability partner. Mm.
0: I mean, like, literally, I'm always in the
1: radical rebel. Like, I don't, do, I don't set up the meetings. I don't. I've always been, like, yeah, the radical rebel. But anyway, uh, but lately, I've been doing better with those accountability and meetings. And I've been doing better in my business. Than you have. So, yeah. is that a coincidence? I think not. I know. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, she makes me do the appointment for the next before we leave. Yes. Because literally, yes. yes.
0: And it's fun because we always have good conversations. Right. We, we have these conversations. Stuff. Now we, we just take them. Right. Exactly. But yes, it does
1: help or just bounce up ideas or keep, again, that for me, is all about momentum. Mm-hmm. Like when you lose momentum, that's when things start to kind of
0: spiral. And yeah. 100%. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly. Exactly. So the other differentiator that we talk about a lot is just being willing to work. And that means staying available, staying ready for appointments, jumping at every opportunity to secure business. Valerie, how do you think that separates successful agents from kind of the sea of what I call real estate hobbyists? Well, that goes back to what I was saying, that you have to be eager to do it, but not desperate. Mm -hmm. So
1: it's funny. I tell you a story about my painter that I'm always like, he books two weeks out. Mm -hmm. And when people complain, I'm like, you don't want the painter that can paint tomorrow. Yeah. Because he has no business. Mm -hmm. So I feel same thing with us. Like if I have the appointment could be do brochures at five and someone called me about something. I'm like, if it can wait, I rather have it be that way as Mm -hmm. opposed to, yes, in 10 minutes I can run Mm -hmm. out and show Mm you a house. Because that means almost like I had no structure in my business. Mm -hmm. I was just waiting for you to call me and get dressed (laughs) and get in the car. So it's a fine line between, even when I get emails at night, if we're not in the middle of a hot, like, negotiation, Mm -hmm. I literally, because I have to, I'll answer it, but I'll do the timer for the morning. Really? Because I want them not to think or see that I replied at ten thirty at night. Yeah. Oh, she replies at night. If not we're working yeah literally yeah. when people think, Oh, it's easy, you're part time, forty hours, whatever. Right. We were like eighty, ninety a hundred hours. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy.
0: It's funny the thing you said about just, you know, popping out to appointments. My first office manager used to say, don't be a Pop-Tart. Yeah, yes, I've Pop-Tart. heard that too.
1: That's funny. I think <laughs> we had <laughs> the same
0: manager. Oh, we did. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I haven't heard that, that before and it, before it stayed time. in my mind. Because right. Literally. But it's funny because even today, I'm always, even if I'm picking up staging, I'm like, I have an appointment at four.
0: Right. You're booked at four. wherever so whoever it is, yes. I'm
1: booked at four. No. But, I mean, if it's something
0: urgent, of course right. I'll go, right. Why? right, but you are are always available, though. You don't, Correct. like, you answer your phone. That's huge. I think it's just answering your phone. Yes. I remember my original mentor, Judy, used to say to me, if you don't answer your phone, the person just calls the next agent. Oh, so, right. you're losing money in business by just not picking up your phone. So, you answer, you reply to people, you're always available. Right. And that's one thing, you have to be responsive, and especially in our area, everything is moves at a breakneck pace. Yes. So, if you let an hour go by... That's too long for people. Like, you got to respond right away. Um, Man, we covered a lot today. We have so much more to talk about and so many more tips, secrets, exercises, tools. Stories, stories. yep, some systems we're going to get into, and we cannot wait to share them with you. So our next episode is going to be part two of this deeper dive into your first 90 days in real estate. We're going to cover a lot about how to secure and convert those all-important first leads, and how to grow those leads into what will become your real estate empire. We are so grateful you joined us today on So You Want to Be a Real Estate Agent. If you're still not sure real estate is the right career for you, tune into our next episodes. If you're more sure than ever, tune into future episodes for more tips, tools, and insider secrets that will help you launch into productive action and achieve quick success. Just a reminder that we love reviews. Please let us know what you like best about this podcast, what we could do better, ask us questions, or send us show ideas. Check out our show notes page for our contact info or visit our website, therealestaterainmakers.com for access to the tools, tips, systems, and other great resources we mentioned on the show. I'm Meredith Fogel. And I'm Valerie Harnon. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.